0: Maybe be seated. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good morning. I'm Erica Allen. I'm one of the pastors here at Horizon Church, and it is so good to see each and every one of you here this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Thank you to those of us, uh, those of you who are joining us online this morning. We are grateful to worship with you in this way, too. We're going to continue our message series Hope Jam this morning. I, I want to just tell you a couple of stories uh, to get started. So about two years ago at the start of school, there was this stressed out, anxious pastor who had called, who had been called by a principal of a local Title I school, and the principal had asked this church to provide breakfast for a hundred teachers that were starting school. She said, sure, we'll absolutely do it. She calls a a local restaurant in town and says, hey, can you provide breakfast for 100 teachers? And they said, we would love to provide breakfast for 100 teachers. In fact, we don't want you to pay for it. We're just going to do it out of the kindness of our hearts. This pastor calls them on Thursday um, afternoon to remind them that she will be by on Friday morning to pick up the breakfast and take it to the school. And she's told, oh, we don't have that order. And the person who promised you that breakfast no longer works here. So we can't provide that breakfast. And I'm like, well, there's a hundred teachers depending on breakfast in the next little bit. So I like immediately the stressed out, anxious pastor is me. You're looking at her. So I get on the phone and I like start making 9,000 phone calls. And there's one place in town that volunteers to serve a case breakfast but they are they're like we, we you have to actually pay us for it and I was like it's it's no problem we'll figure it out so I, I don't tell Chris the uh, other pastor of our church who is much better at spreadsheets and accounting and finance and all of the things I don't tell him about this problem I just like pull up the spreadsheets myself I start looking at the money I'm like maybe if we pull ten dollars from here and twenty dollars from here um, and I started to get like really overwhelmed and I kid you not, I was like, God, you have got to fix this problem. And I get a text message on my phone and this person had, text, had texted me, this person in our church had texted and said, Hey, I want to give $500 to our school partnership at B2 Washington Elementary. The bill for catered breakfast for hundred at, from Wright's Gourmet House was $498 I left a $2 tip because I was so thankful that God provided for what we needed, right? A small action. Someone was driving to work and they felt compelled to give what they had to a school partnership. Because since the very beginning of Horizon, we've believed something about every person in this community, that they have a God-given purpose And we aren't always sure what our job is, but our job is to make sure that people have every opportunity they can to live into their God-given purpose. Two years ago, those 100 teachers were starting a school year that they had no idea would end early. In a community like Ybor City, a community that B.T. Washington serves, in March when those kids went home for spring break and didn't return for six months to school, it meant that they were in a lot of danger. Their their parents weren't always sure how they were going to provide food. They didn't have access to the online schools that we were setting up in minutes. Their, Their parents were worried about how they were going to pay rent when they couldn't go to their jobs because they were making it barely paycheck to paycheck. These teachers risked their lives going from house to house making sure kids had computers and food and toilet paper and paper towels that they needed. We had no idea that a small text message on a Thursday afternoon would have the impact of fueling teachers for the hardest school year they would ever face. And we did that because since the very beginning, we know that no matter what is going on in our world, we have one purpose at Horizon, and that's to make sure every other person in this community knows that they have a God-given purpose, and we do everything we can to make sure they live into it. A couple of weeks ago, two teenage boys signed up, to go with me and, and one other person to Metropolitan Ministries and pack hope boxes. They took a their last Thursday afternoon or last Wednesday afternoon of the summer. And, and the two of the four of us packed all these boxes. They're called hope boxes at Metropolitan Ministries. We filled them with non-perishable food items, canned food and pasta and all this stuff. And then the, we would pack those boxes up and, and then they would go out to local communities pantries to food pantries to be given to people who are who are having a hard time providing enough meals for their family this this week. Those those hope boxes that we packed for two hours, those two young men, their parents brought them there to help pack, those hope boxes would be delivered right down the road here to a ministry we've partnered with for years now, the Gandhi Civic Center Free Grocery Store. People would walk in to that free grocery store, they'll get the box of food, and then they'll fill it up with extra items that we've collected in the community. Free produce, uh, fresh fruits and apples and vegetables and all that good stuff. Some extra hygiene items, toilet paper, other hygiene diapers, other hygiene items that folks need. They can have frozen meals that Sean has literally spent his whole life picking up um, from day to day. He's one of our most faithful volunteers and leaders there. And, and these folks would walk in, get this hope box that, that our teenagers at this church spent time packing, and they'll go and fill it up with even more stuff that's there. And this, I'm not kidding you all, the Thursday night, I went and volunteered there um, that Thursday night, and this woman looks across the, the table at me. I'm helping give out corn and eggplants and stuff. And she looks across the table and she says, I don't know if you know this, but this place right here makes a huge difference in my life. I didn't have anywhere to live But I saved my grocery bill to pay for a weekly rental deposit at at a place. It's not super nice. She's got a kid in a stroller. She says it's not super nice, but it'll do. And I want you to know, I want you to know that I'm able to pay my rent because I don't have to scrounge up money to buy groceries. Me and my family, me and this girl right here, we have enough money to, to pay our rent. We, we have a, a shelter over our head. It's not the nicest, but it'll, it'll do for right now. I'm even starting to fill out my resume and apply for jobs in the community because I know God's going to do something here. What you're doing makes a difference, and this is why. This is why we pack hope boxes with our teenagers and why I tell you all to go and set up the free grocery store on Wednesday mornings or to spend your afternoons and evenings on Thursday handing out this food or why there's people driving all over town to deliver those boxes because we believe that moms in our community should get to live into their God-given purpose to be the moms they're called to be without worrying about how they're going to buy, buy food when they fell in hard times. We at this church believe in people's purpose and we will do everything we can to make sure that they get to live into it. Small actions. A Wednesday afternoon in the summer when you could do anything else, small actions have a big impact. Packing that food in the boxes opens up a whole avenue for this woman to live in to her purpose. I get a phone call. I get a text message from a woman in our church. She says, hey, Erica, I'll do anything you want for Horizon Church. I believe in this place. It's changing my life. What can I do? And I said, well, we need Horizon Kids volunteers. And she's like, Erica, that's the one thing. Are you kidding me? I don't want to work with the kids. And she's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I don't know if y'all know or not, but it's 102 degrees and about 110% humidity outside. And we're trying to do more and more stuff outside with the kids because it's safer right now. She shows up in shorts and a Horizon. Church t-shirt, and she sweats absolutely, like, just sweats and sweats and sweats. She's playing outside, playing these games, having all this fun with the kids. She shows up. She volunteers with them. She's having, like, just, you know, a ton of fun. She's working hard. She's sweating, like, literally sweating a ton. And and I, I get a call that I get an email that afternoon, and this woman who has never, ever brought her children to church came to church that Sunday. She dropped her kids off in Horizon Kids. They've never been in church before. She said, we haven't really talked about what it means to follow Jesus, but I need you to know that my kids think it's fun to follow Jesus because of your church and Horizon Kids. Because a a woman in our church said, this church is making a difference. How can I serve? She signed up to be a Horizon Kids volunteer. And this family now has kids who've never been to church before who know that it's fun to follow Jesus. And she put this last line in. She says, I told them that what your church tells people is you also got to spend your life telling other people how much Jesus loves them. So they're starting school next week and they can't wait to tell their friends how much Jesus loves them. A small impact. Kara saying, Erica, this church is changing my life. Tell me what you need me to do. Tell me how you want me to serve and showing up and sweating like crazy with our kids because it's important that we are unlocking their God-given purpose over there, and they're going to school living as different and changed people, sharing the love of Jesus in a world that's desperate for it. Our small, calculated actions make a difference. I don't know if y'all live in the same world I do, but I've asked this week, God, what in the world am I supposed to do every day? What in the world do you want me to do in this world that we're living in right now? What in the world can I do to know, like I don't even know what my purpose is sometimes anymore, God. It is really hard to wake up every day and figure out how how to share your love with other people. What is my purpose? I don't know if any of the rest of you have been asking this question a little bit, but I. I just, I'm here to tell you, I'm here to cheer you on just a little bit. Those small calculated actions that you're making every day, they actually do have an impact when they're done in and for Jesus Christ. Because God can do something the rest of us in this place can't do. God takes our small calculated action and God makes a big impact on them. God uses this small church who calculatedly, right, makes small calculated choices to to live into what God's called us to do to make sure that you all know your God-given purpose and you're telling the whole world they have a God-given purpose. God uses those small calculated actions to make a huge impact in the world. I want you to know our God does that that's been the story of God since the very beginning. God takes small a small group of people in Israel who are oppressed and enslaved. They're literally being treated like like Terrible by this huge, powerful government, they're that's just doing terrible things to them. God takes this small group of people. He raises up a leader who was an orphan. He should have. There's no way this guy had to had the gifts to lead. He takes this small guy and he leads them across the Red Sea. Splits the Red Sea for him and leads them right in to this little piece of land called the Promised Land where there's pomegranates and cucumbers, olives, milk, and honey, this wonderful place. This is the story of God. God takes small, calculated actions, and they impact the whole world. This group of people that marched across the Red Sea are a light and a beacon of God's hope, of God's promise, of God's possibility. If you are sitting here today and you're like, I'm just a small person, I want you to know your small, calculated actions, the smallness that you feel is not wasted with God because God takes small things and makes a big impact. Here at Horizon, we've been talking about Hope Jam. How are we pumped up to live a ga- live into a game that Jesus has already won out there so the world knows they can quit living like they're defeated and the people around us can start living like people who, who are playing a game that Jesus has already won. The goodness of God is going to win through Jesus Christ. How do we live as those kind of people? And I'm telling you, our church is called to Hope Jam right now. We've got a new legacy. There's a world out there that thinks Christians judge people. They don't work for good. They don't really care about people. We've got a different story to tell here. It is time for us to get pumped up and fired up for Hope Jam. And I I need to tell you that we can't mess up the principles, the the small things that we do every day if we want to be able to change the world and impact the world through God. If we're ready for a hope jam, if we're ready for things to be different, then the small things that we do from day to day matter. There was a guy about a little over 2,000 years ago, thousands of years ago. His name was Micah. Okay, his name is Micah. He's a prophet. That means God said, Micah, you're a prophet. You've got to tell the truth to people who need to hear it. They're not going to like what you say always, but your job is to be a prophet. Your purpose is to tell this group of people the truth. See, this small group of people that were known as the Israelites had moved to the promised land and they'd set up this city called Jerusalem. And inside the city, they'd set up these marvelous places to worship. These folks inside the city are like prospering. They're setting up this government that's starting to work for them. They're setting up these stands and they're selling cucumbers and pomegranates and olives. And all these folks are flourishing. But there's these people who live right outside of town who are being mistreated. They're they're raising the crops that they're selling and they're not getting paid a fair wage. They're living lives where, if you know, we need to expand the city a little bit. We're just going to pave over your land. They didn't pave back then. But you know what I'm saying? They just, like, stole their land from them. Or this person needed more profit, so they steal their land from the person who was farming, and they pay them unfair wages to keep on farming that land. And God looked at Mike, and he says, You live 25 miles outside of town with these people, and you see that they're suffering. You see that living lives like this means people are dying. There were widows and orphans like crazy because this way of life was so hard. It was so unjust, like it wasn't right. These people were taking advantage of other people. And God looks at Mike and he says, you live 25 miles outside of Jerusalem, now it's time to speak. You've got to go tell those people in the city center what it's going to look like if they keep living like that. Because those people 25 miles outside of town, their purpose is just as important as those people flourishing inside. And it is time that we start doing some things different. So Micah tells him, Micah goes in and he says, guys, this if we keep doing this, like it's not gonna look good. God's, God's got a plan. He's gonna send Jesus in just a few thousand, a few hundred years, things are gonna be okay. But y'all are the promised, y'all are the promised people. Y'all have been given God's promise. You gotta start living different. And the people are like, ah, it's kind of burdensome. I want to read to you what he says. We're going to focus on Micah 6, 8, but I want you to hear what he says to them. He says, uh, God says to them, my people, what have I done to you? How have I burdened you? They're, They're like, it is really hard, Micah, to follow and do what God says. Do you realize that means we might not get what all we want in life? We might not get to live as rich or luxurious as we want. And God says to them, my people, what have I done to you? How have I burdened you? How has it been so hard? Answer me, he says. I brought you up out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you. Also Aaron and Miriam, a woman. Whoop, whoop, let's go. My people, sorry. If y'all wonder if Hope Jam includes women, it absolutely does. My people, remember what Balak, king of Moab, plotted and what Balaam, son of Bor, answered. Remember your journey from Shittim to Gagal. Do you remember how all these things were terrible, 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 terrible? Do you remember that you may remember all these things that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord? Remember that God was creating these paths that lead led to me. What shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? What do you want from us then, God, the people said? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings? Do you want me to, to bring calves that are a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul? What do you want from us, God? You want all these things that you've given to us? You just want to take those things away from us? Is that what you want, God? And I want you to listen. Listen. What does the Lord require of you, Micah says? What does the Lord require of you people who see this this world that is all messed up and in desperate need of more love? This, This world that's stealing opportunities for people to live into their purpose. This world that's unjust and broken and hurting people. What does the Lord require of you, followers of Jesus? What does the Lord require of you to act justly? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Life's been complicated lately. Are you acting justly? Act justly, God says. This week... Literally, I'm in my car praying, God, tell me what it means to act justly. I don't understand this justice thing in this world. Tell me what it means. And I was listening to a podcast that Chris told me about. It's called This Land. It's about the experience of Native American people. It was about the schools that we set up in our churches and our military set up, and it mistreated children. And this is how the, the person who was on this podcast, she said, this is, this is what folks do often. This is what folks in the church, this is how we see them. They act out of charity. That means they think they know what we need and they give it to us. They act out of charity. Does God require us to act out of charity? No, God asks us to act justly. Justice looks at the people even that live 25 miles outside of town, the people who live on the outside of society who we think their voices don't matter anymore, the kids in Ybor City or Sheramonte Elementary School, or the people who, who just don't quite fit into our friend group or that mom who feeds her kids non-organic vegetables or whatever it is, right? Whatever it is, those people, justice says you have a purpose, And everything about me wants to open every avenue possible for you to live into that purpose. And here's the deal. When we do that, we might hear them say things like Micah said, things we don't necessarily want to hear. If you want to act justly this week, start listening to somebody who's not in your group, who you don't listen to day after day, week after week. Start listening to somebody. Turn on a different news channel. We're real white, y'all. I love y'all, but we're real white. Start listening to people of color. What, what does it look like for us to listen to someone who's black or Native American? What does it look like for us to start taking into account the things that they say? You will have the chance when you leave here today to act justly. It is going to be something no one else sees. It's what book you pick up, where you buy your clothes, what you do, how you spend your money, what what you use your gas to do, how you recycle or don't recycle. You will have a chance today to act justly and you get to decide, do I know what the world needs or am I going to start living into the purpose God has given me and make sure that everything I do is about other people getting to live into their purpose? This is why we go to Sher Monte Elementary School and we're going to have ha- we're going to sit down and we're going to tutor and we're going to be lunch buddies with them because we believe that God's purpose is at work and alive in some of those kids. And we're going to say you have a purpose and we're going to mentor you and support you until you can live into that purpose. We're going to remove every barrier we can think of in our power and we're going to make sure that we are acting justly. It's why we provide food at the Gandy Civic Center. It's why we show up to small groups. Because they're not about us. They're for us. Small groups are for us, but they're not about us. It, because when you show up to a small group, when you show up to worship, when you show up to volunteer at Horizon Kids, it gives somebody else the opportunity to hear God's purpose. And that's what our church is about. That's what our church is about. It's about you living into your God-given purpose, which opens the avenue and the door for other people to live into their purpose. Can you act justly today? Yes, you can. And it's all God requires of you. Don't make it so complicated. Act justly. Love mercy. It's hard to love something you've not accepted yourself. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. We're not perfect. And it is really hard to share with the world in desperate need of God's mercy. That mercy that fixes broken things, that glues together things that we don't have the glue for, that uses pliers to pinch apart the things that don't need to be there. The thing that puts things together. It is really, really easy to think we can fix everything in our own lives. And until we recognize that we can't fix ourselves, that we need the grace and love of Jesus Christ offered to us by God, it is really hard for us to love something and share it with the world if we've not done it ourselves. Love mercy. It's actually all God requires of you. To act justly and love the mercy given unto you, because then you begin to recognize it at work in the lives of other people. And it makes you a lot easier to be around. If you want to know, if you want to know how the world says, I want to see, I want to see Christians who do that. Like start loving some mercy, y'all. You're going to have the chance to do that with your boss, with your wife, with your children, with your family, with your friends. You're going to have the chance to do that this afternoon, to love mercy. Can you recognize that your own brokenness, the brokenness in our world, we can't fix it on our own. But because of the mercy offered to us through Jesus Christ, there are things that are broken that can only be fixed by God and they will be fixed. There are things that are are sick and they can only be healed by the mercy of Jesus Christ. Love, mercy, it's all God asks us to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Y'all, I, this, this church, that's why I love y'all. Because you'll text me and say, what do you need me to do? Kids aren't my number one thing, but I'll sign up to serve them. Because I believe in this church. You know, serving homeless people at the Gandy Civic Center, when I don't really know what it is they're doing with all that extra money because we're giving them food. No, no, no. You're like, I'm there because I believe God's purposes are bigger than what I can see or what I can think. Walk humbly with your God. You don't know everybody else's story. You don't know what everybody else is dealing with. And if there has ever been a time in our world where God needs every person seated in here to walk humbly with Him, to trust deeply that God will guide your next step, today is the day. Walk humbly with your God. There's a world, there is a world out there desperate for what what it is we do. There is a world out there desperate for people to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And it's all God asks us to do. Do we need a fancy church with smoke machines and all this? No, we don't. We only need to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. But we create this experience on Sunday morning because we believe one of you has a purpose and you've not yet said said to God, whatever it takes, I'm here, I'm ready to live into that purpose. We believe that you have friends that know that and you need a place to invite them. So this is why we do this. We volunteer at Monte Elementary School because we believe that God's purposes are at work and alive, in those teachers and those kids, and we will do everything we can to make sure they get to live into them. We hand food out at the Gandy Civic Center because we don't care how you're spending your money. We need you to know you have a God-given purpose, and we're going to do everything in our power to let you know about it. If you don't think these small things are going to make a big impact, I wouldn't be standing here today. If you don't think there are moments I don't say to God, are, is this really what you want me to do as pastor this church? And God says, I require one thing of you. Act justly. Love, mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Three parts, one thing. There's a world out there ready for it. The band's going to come on up. I'm going to pray for us um, as they come up this morning. Let, let us pray. God, in a world desperate for people to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God, each of us sitting here this morning, simply open our hands right now and say, use us. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be complex. Just use us to do one thing, to act justly, to love your mercy, and to walk humbly with you. And use every small act. When no one else is watching, use every one of those small acts to make the biggest impact ever in the world for you and for your goodness. Use this small group of people. Grow us, God. Grow us with people who, who come here the same way. God, we're, we're not sure what our purpose is, but we want to find it in you and help them to hear God, the only thing you require of them in this world that wants so much from them, the only thing you require is to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with you. Use us. If there's one person here this morning, God, that doesn't know the fullness of your purpose for their lives, I pray right now in this moment is the time they turn it it over to you. I pray for people who've been given their purpose to you but have been confused by what it is the world has asked them to do. I pray they'll give it to you again today. I pray for the person who thinks Christianity is too complicated and too hard and too cumbersome. I pray today they'll remember, they'll know, they'll hear loudly you say, I require one thing for you to act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And I pray, God, that you will find us to be people who do that faithfully this week. Each week, amen. Each week we um, enjoy communion here.